Hello, and welcome back to NurseCasts. I'm Joe Morita, Nursing Acquisitions Editor for Springer Publishing Company. Today, we'll be talking to Dr. Marion Altman, Clinical Practice Specialist at the American Association of Critical Care Nurses. Dr. Altman joins us today to discuss the Clinical Scene Investigator, an innovative nurse leadership and innovation training program designed to empower bedside nurses as clinical leaders. We're happy to have Dr. Altman join us today to discuss the program and its potential impact on improving patient and fiscal outcomes. Marion, thank you so much for joining us. It's great to have me. Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay. And could you just give us a little bit of background about, uh, I guess this goes by CSI, about the academy there? Right. The AACN Clinical Scene Investigator Academy, better known as CSI, is a 16-month hospital-based nursing innovation program. And not only is it an innovation program, but it's also a leadership training program, and it's designed to empower the bedside nurses, sometimes called staff nurses, um, as clinical leaders, as well as change agents. And what they do is they work on a project that then improves both patient and fiscal outcomes for their organizations. So what they're doing in this program is really leveraging the staff nurses' expertise to enhance the patient care and support their expertise through teaching them additional leadership skills that they learn through education and coaching and mentoring in the program. Okay. And how long has this program been in existence? The program came into existence in 2012, and since then, we've launched nine different cohorts across the country. Okay. And is this done in person, online, a combination of both? The current cohort was done in nine cities across the country. And in this city, six or seven hospitals would participate, sending one nursing unit with four, a team of four staff nurses to the program. And so the program was spaced over 12 months, and it was an experiential learning program, meaning that the faculty would come and they'd provide the nurses with education, specific education from the curriculum. And then the nurses would take that education that they learned that day, and they'd go back and apply it to their project that they were working on. And then they would come back to the next session and report out, how did that go? Were there any barriers that they experienced? And it's so it's an iterative process like that. Okay. So could you give what, what are some of the cities where this has occurred, has taken place so far? It has occurred in Austin, Boston, Philadelphia, Seattle, San Diego, New York, and the North Carolina Triangle, okay. as well as Indianapolis. Okay. And when you talk about, so a few questions, first of all, are we basically talking about bachelor's prepared RNs that are, um, uh, entering this program? That's really up to the organization, although many of the nurses that participated in the program did have their bachelor's degree. Specifically, who we're targeting are staff nurses. And staff nurses are nurses who work at the bedside taking care of the patients. And to qualify to participate in the program, the nurses worked 0.8 of an FTE. Um, so that means they're essentially a full-time worker working 30 to 36 hours a week caring for patients at the bedside. It wasn't a program for nurse managers or other leaders in the organizations. We specifically wanted to target the staff nurse to leverage their expertise. And these are typically med surge units? The, the program initially began with intensive care units, hmm. and it spread, as, as you know, critical care is practiced almost throughout the hospital now. Patients have become sicker through the years, and so through the program, we also have evolved. And so 
we have had teams from intensive care units as well as their step-down or progressive care units that they partner with where they send their patients after they're not as sick for an intensive care unit, as well as the med surge floors where, or the acute care floors where they are taken care of after they don't need progressive care or intensive care. Most recently, we've also had a long-term care facility participate um, in our program, and that's a shortcut name for that is LTAC. You know, we have all these initials for things in healthcare. So, And you mentioned that, I, so they, I guess they're, are they concentrating on one project throughout the right. 16 months? Right. So each team picks one project that's important to their unit. And it's a project that's within the nursing sphere of influence. So it's something that is happening on their unit. So it's a local problem. So, for example, some of the projects that nurses have worked on are things like a, a catheter-associated urinary tract infection. Um, I think of one team in particular the reason they chose that project was their rates were the highest in the hospital. And so they they were embarrassed by that, quite frankly, and they wanted to fix that. And so that was a problem that they focused on. So sometimes the problems are very specific to a patient, and sometimes the problems are more specific to the unit. So, for example, some teams have focused on handoffs. How do we report from one nurse to another at the change of shift? so that we ensure good continuity of patient care and that all the essential information is delivered. So some of the projects have been that type of projects as well. Okay. And you said there was a team. So and I'm, and I'm actually looking at your webpage right now as we, as we speak. Um, selected hospitals engage a team of up to four nurses who work together throughout the program. So these would be four nurses from a specific hospital. Um, and yes, and typically they're from one unit, although we have had some teams that had two nurses from one unit and two nurses from their sister unit. And by sister unit, what I mean is the unit that the patients flow to and from. So, for example, if a patient is admitted to an intensive care unit, there's typically a floor that they go to once they're well enough to get out of the intensive care unit. So we had a lot of teams that would have two nurses from one unit and two nurses from their sister unit. Okay. And... So there, when we talk about leader, well, actually, could you talk about how you define leadership and the kind of skills you're giving them and then how they might take those leadership skills and utilize them within the healthcare system where they work? Right. So the, the curriculum includes topics about leadership. Um, many staff nurses have never had to lead a team or lead a meeting. Um, they've never had to do data collection or analysis how do they implement a project? They don't even know where to begin. And, and how do you communicate your project to stake key stakeholders to get them not only to support your project, but to invest in it and help move the project forward? So those are some of the topics that we, we teach them um, and empower them to lead this project. So it's truly them. They identify the project that they want to improve um, or focus on in the academy. And then they drive that project from start to finish through the 16 months. At the end of 16 months, they actually present the results of their projects at what we call an innovation conference. So each team in the cohort, so seven or eight teams, then have 30 minutes to present their project and they present what their purpose was and what their goals were and the steps that they undertook to cause this project to move forward, as well as what results did they achieve, both um, process results, but also outcome results, which as you know, healthcare is very outcome driven and that's where the focus is now. And so we help them understand that and help them uh, achieve their goals. 
As acuity increases in all inpatient departments and the practice of pediatric critical care expands beyond the acute phase of illness or injury, knowledge of pediatric critical care is more essential than ever. Ideal for pediatric critical care and acute care nurses, high acuity and critical care courses, and continuing ed, AACN Core Curriculum for Pediatric High Acuity, Progressive, and Critical Care contains core AACN guidelines for the highest quality nursing practice. Learn more today at springerpub.com. Could you give us some examples of, uh, of a project or two um, that were conducted within the, within the program? Sure. So as I mentioned earlier, a lot of the teams focused on hospital-acquired conditions or preventing those from occurring. So they have focused on problems such as CLABSI, central line um, bloodstream infections, or CAUTI, uh, urinary tract infection caused by a, a catheter. Some of them have focused on um, stopping clots. Uh, other teams have focused on mobility, um, getting an ICU patient up and out of bed and moving, and especially an intubated or a patient with a breathing tube in, getting them up and helping them to move has been a big focus to prevent other complications that can occur in a hospital. Some teams have focused on bedside report, as I talked about, or completing the handoff. We've had teams that have focused on reducing acute MI or heart attack readmissions. Um, we've had teams that have focused on um, rapid response teams and implementing an effective rapid response team for the organization. Um, so those are some of the examples. Uh, we had a lot of teams also focus on delirium. Delirium has a lot of consequences for patients and results, it, it occurs with a lot of intensive care patients. And so a lot of teams have focused on that. And as a result of focusing on delirium, not only have they decreased the amount of delirium that occurs in their patients, but that has also resulted in a decreased length of stay in the intensive care unit as well as the hospital and decreased costs from administering the drugs that are sometimes used to treat the delirium. Okay. So, and, and they come with the project idea when they start the program. Is that, is that right? Yeah. So the nurses, we ask that the staff nurses actually select the project. A lot of times they're, they select it in conjunction with their coach at their organization. Their coach is typically a clinical nurse specialist or a senior director, a nursing director at their organization or the director of education. And so they're well aware of the scorecard for that unit as well as the issues that are occurring in that unit. But the nurses are, are key involved in selecting the project. This is a bottom-led project. At many organizations, change is top-down. So the leaders in the organizations decide what the focus will be. And this is not that at all. This is leveraging the bedside nurses' expertise. They really know what the issues are and what needs to be focused on. But a lot of times, people aren't asking them. They're not consulting to hear their voice. And so that's what this program specifically is designed for, is to leverage their expertise and for them to actually select the project that they want to work on that, of course, is, is instrumental to the organization's goals and meeting the outcomes that the organization wants to achieve. But it's a pro project and a problem that they really want to focus on. And so by working, I'm guessing that they work on this project for the 16 months and, and while you guys, while they're in this program, they're getting leadership skills, um, entrepreneurial skills, um, et cetera, et cetera. And so the idea is that they learn how to manage this project over the 16 months and they'll take that further into their career to work on other projects in a more meaning, meaningful way. Is, is that basically the idea? 
Exactly. That's a great question to ask. So glad that you asked it. <laughs> I have so much to share about that. Right. Um, so we are very proud that many of the CSIs that have completed the program have actually gone on to lead additional projects. One of the key curriculum in the, the academy is that we focus on how do you sustain the momentum for your project? And then how do you scale that project to other parts of the organization? So, for example, a lot of times the project the projects or the problems that the teams are working on are problems for other areas in the organization as well. And so the nurses have figured out how to implement this project. And so they can then go on to share it with other areas in their hospital so that they can um, implement the process as well. Now, the process is always going to have to be implemented specific to that particular unit's culture. That's why top-down approaches don't work. You have to make it um, specific to your culture and the nurses and how you do things in your unit. But um, that is one of the topics that we we speak to people about. So they have the teams have been very successful. We've had projects that are then scaled not only hospital wide, but they've been scaled system wide. And a system is a collection of several hospitals under one umbrella of a, a parent organization. So we've had that. We have had teams, um, one of the teams in Boston, there were seven teams there and they completed the program. And at the end of their cohort, they said, our work isn't done. We need to take this focus on delirium and we need to take it citywide. So that group actually convened what they're calling CSI 2.0. And they formed a collaborative of hospitals across the city of Boston. And now as a team, they are focusing on delirium to eradicate delirium or decrease it as much as possible in all of the organizations across the city that are participating in this collaborative. So things like that have been going on. Um, the other things that some of the nurses that participated have done is they have actually used the tools that they learned in the CSI Academy to then focus in, on a different project and implement those tools in a different way. So, for example, we have one nurse who was in the Philadelphia Collaborative who was using the tools that we taught her, and now she created a program to teach new nurses evidence-based practice. And she takes them through the project management tools that we've taught her in CSI and shares that with them so that they can have new outcomes um, as new nurses in their organization. Um, we have another nurse who her project has been sustained and she focused, the initial project was on catheter-associated UTIs or CAUTI. And she said, well, we've tackled that hospital-acquired infection. Let's look at three others. And so she used all the same concepts that she used for the first project and now has successfully eradicated all four hospital-acquired infections in her unit through the tools that she learned um, here in this program. And... If there are if there are nurses or organizations that are interested in participating, how can they um, find out, get more information about this? So our website is aacn.org backslash CSI. And if they go to the website, they're able to learn more information about the projects as well as the program. And they're able to access all 67 projects. They are listed there not only by categories, but also by areas or the cities that the cohorts occurred in, so the regions, as well as the hospitals. And so if they access a project that's listed there, they'll be able to see the PowerPoint from the Nurses Innovation Conference, so their final presentation of the project, as well as the project summary 
And then they're also able to access any project tools that the team used that they wanted to share with other people so that they could actually um, implement this project or um, I forget the word that it's called. It's um, redo the project. You know, I'm curious, have, what have you learned going through? So you've, have you been involved with, with CSI since 2012? I have. Okay. And what I'm curious, what, what have you learned going through this process and working with staff nurses? Any surprises? Staff nurses, to me, are the exceptional person. Um, you know, they are the backbone of the organization, of any healthcare system. They're the person that cares for the patients, and not only the patients, but also their families. So I am amazed every single day that I get the privilege to work with staff nurses because they are so resilient and they are so smart and exceptional and they have such great ideas. So it's always a privilege to be able to help them tap their ideas and vet their ideas and help them move their projects forward. Um, I've learned that staff nurses are very resilient. They can do a lot with nothing. Um, I think that they're the original MacGyvers, if you're familiar with that TV show where a guy who can invent something out of nothing. I think staff nurses were the original MacGyvers. I love saying that because I think it's really true. And you guys are giving them some additional tools because it sounds like they have the initiative, they've got the intelligence, and they have the, the experience, but you're giving them some some additional tools so they can you know um, even go further with those skills. Exactly. Right. And there's some, you know, some, some of the um, language used in the description and, and the curriculum is interesting, too. You know, innovation, entrepreneurship. Could, could you talk a little bit about that, how nurses can lead innovation? Right. Well, innovation is when we're speaking about innovation, we're really in the curriculum showing them that anything is possible. And so some of the content that we cover in the innovation is um, is if you could fix one problem and create you know, invent a tool that would magically take care of that problem and or not a tool or just some sort of concept or whatever, what would you do? And so we begin by getting their creative juices flowing, so to speak. And and then we talk about how can we foster innovation? What are some tips? Like, how do you innovate? Some Because people were innately say, I'm not creative and I'm not innovative. And they just always say that. And so we share them through some of our concepts that we share that everyone is innovative. You just need some time to think about it. And that's a key concept of our of our academy is the concept of non-productive time. And by non-productive time, what I mean is the nurses, part of participation in this program is that the organizations agree to have nurses not at the bedside taking care of patients, but they're released from those duties to participate in these educational classes, but also every month to have what is called work time. So in some organizations, that's called non-productive time. Sometimes it's called indirect time. Um, generically, it's called office time, where they're not at the bedside caring for a patient, but they're actually working on this project. And so that's a key concept of this program, um, because nurses need the time to think, to be innovative, to take a project forward. Marion, what kind of feedback have you gotten from nurses who've um, finished and completed the program? So some of the nurses that have completed the program have said things like they were inspired to participate in future quality improvement projects that will improve patient care delivery and optimize patient outcomes. Others had said things like nurses work hard, which they really, really do, and they take pride in the work and they had a desire to make things better. So 
this team actually focused on improving handoff communication. And they said, why handoff communication? Because most people would say, oh, no, handoff communication. But they're, they said, because it was the right thing to do for our patients. And even though changing a culture can be slow and difficult, it's the right thing to do. And we want to, you know, nurses are very focused on their patients and they want their patients to achieve the best outcomes as possible. So I think that was a great concept to share. Uh, any last words for our listeners? I just want people to know that I think that this academy demonstrates that when staff nurses are given the skills and the tools and the support that they need, they can make substantial contributions to their organizations, both with their clinical outcomes as well as fiscal outcomes. Okay. Thank you so much, Marion. I, I look forward to hearing more about this, and I'm sure our listeners will enjoy this as well. Thank you so much for asking me to participate. We'd like to thank Dr. Altman for joining us on this episode of NurseCasts. And as always, let us know how you feel about the podcast by leaving a comment or review on our podcast page on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or SoundCloud.